I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Gray. As I'm sure you can surmise this week, um, I'm flying solo. As you know, um, Justy and I both have kids and families, and it can be hard to kind of line up to record with our schedules. So here I am taking a whack at the solo episode. So I found a pretty fascinating story here about something called the, quote, oil pit squid. So back in 1997, um, there was a GM plant, General Motors plant that made plastic bumpers from what I can tell. Um, and it was located in Anderson, Indiana. So in this plant that made plastic bumpers, they had what was called a quote sludge pit, which as you would imagine, was just a open pit or closed pit or something that they basically dumped all of the hazardous chemicals that they couldn't just pour into the water supply. Um, so, you know, the article describes like paint stripper, um, this really caustic chemical that's actually used to form the bumpers themselves called polyol. And then like just straight up motor oil, antifreeze, just any kind of hazardous liquid chemical that you would find in a car manufacturing plant, they would mix it all together like a big vat of jungle juice and I guess store it until they could find a way to get rid of it, which probably meant they just barreled it up and dumped it somewhere. But anyways, so they have this awful gross sludge pit and there was a sprinkler system somewhere above it and that sprinkler system was leaking and so fresh water was getting into this sludge pit which for whatever reason necessitated a clean so i guess clean water getting in the harsh chemicals dirtied the sludge pit i don't know i'm unclear as to why they felt the need to clean this sludge pit but they started to clean it so they were draining it and there were workers in there, um, I'm assuming scrubbing walls or something, but they, while they were cleaning it, they found things that were swimming in this toxic sludge. Um, so what they described is that there were several earthworm colored six to eight inch long creatures that were shaped like earthworms, but also had tentacles coming off. <clears throat> and may or may not have had eyes, depending on who you talk to, um, varying accounts. But I guess there were several of these, like, you know, eight inch long tentacled worm things swimming in what is like the most inhospitable liquids you could imagine. Like, if you came in contact with the sludge pit without personal protective gear, you would get like really severe chemical burns, let alone, you know, being fully submerged in it. I don't think anything, you know, that we know of that's like regular and organic could survive this sludge pit, but they were swimming around in there 
And, um, you know, at first it wasn't like anything all that crazy. They just were kind of like, oh, that's weird. Like, this is like this, like, sludge pit squid. And they decided they grabbed one. They killed it somehow, which there's no description on how they killed it. Not clear on that either. Like, so they grab it, kill it, and put it in a jar so that somebody could do tests on it later, which is all broadly reasonable. Like, that's a pretty, you know, and then they just went about doing their, you know, cleaning of the sludge pit. And so this was like in November of 97 that this happened. And, uh, or no, November of 96, the article came out in 97. So um, November 15th is when this all goes down. And um, in early December, so, you know, a couple weeks later, the jar went missing and it was stolen. And the, you know, the GM plant, they were like, we're investigating it, but we don't have any leads. So we're going to close the investigation which seems super half-assed to me. Like the whole point of an investigation is that you can't find a lead. So you're going to investigate until you find a lead. Plus, like it's a, it's a, you know, a closed system. It's like a, 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 you know, manufacturing plant, but whatever. Clearly they weren't super interested in finding what these things were. So it's gone. Um, you know, they never found any more again. They've cleaned the sludge pit several times since and it, no more reports of these things being found. And, and that's, that's kind of the end of the sort of facts of the story is basically these workers found six to eight inch long earthworm colored tentacle covered things, creatures, um, and they killed one, jarred it. And eventually that specimen was stolen and they were never tested. So the, um, it's the Indiana department of environmental management came in and did, um, you know, an investigation without testing the sample because obviously it was stolen. And they said it was most likely a, um, a bacterial growth so it would be the idea being that like the fresh water leaking in from the sprinkler system facilitated bacterial growth in the sludge pit. And what the workers found was actually just like a clump of bacteria. And that was what the workers found. And I guess they thought that it was swimming around or maybe something about the way that the bacteria behaves makes it look like it's moving around. So that was like sort of the official you know, I D E M line was that it was just, Oh, it's a, it's a clump of bacteria, which I mean, I guess, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist, but, um, it sounds to me like a, a swamp gas explanation where it's kind of like, I don't know enough about that topic to debunk what you just said, but that doesn't seem like it fits. You know, if you think about it, like a clump of bacteria, like, how did they kill it? Because they described very clearly like having to kill it before they put it in the jar. So if you have a clump of bacteria and you, what, stab it or hit it with a pipe or something, it's going to like separate the cells, but like the bacteria is still going to be like moving however you feel like it's moving. So that didn't, that didn't really, that didn't really pan out for me. Um, but 
that brings us to like, what, what could it be? Cause I feel like this is a situation where they saw something, something happened in this sludge pit and they found something that was, you know, at least visually alive. Um, or at least so these workers thought. So they saw something, they grabbed it, they quote unquote killed it and put it in a jar. It was a physical thing. It's not like these guys would have made this up. I think if they were, if, if, like if this was a hoax story, they would have been a little bit more like there would have been more to the story. It wouldn't have been so low key because if we had the specimen of what it was, it probably, we, I wouldn't be talking about it right now on unknowable. And it wouldn't be like a story anymore. It would just be like, oh yeah, they found some weird clump of bacteria and like, that's the end of it. So I don't feel like it's a hoax. Um, But I guess the other theories, so we'll start with, so that's the sort of like most mundane theory is that it's just a a clump of bacteria. Um, Slightly more interesting, but also within the realm of, you know, possibility is the idea of it being an extremophile, um, some kind of extremophile, you know, organism. So extremophiles are bacteria, again, that sort of grow in, grow and thrive in um, very inhospitable conditions. So, you know, they can grow in like uh, on the walls of the Chernobyl power plant so they can survive, you know, extreme radiation or can grow in... um, the bottom of the ocean where there's no sunlight or next to hydrothermal vents where there's like extremely acidic environment or a high temperature. Um, so these extremophile organisms are primarily bacteria. So this would still kind of fall under the bacteria, um, you know, explanation, which I don't necessarily believe, but while, while extremophiles are usually bacteria, there are extremophiles that are, you know, sort of like discrete, animals or like discrete creatures that aren't just like single celled bacteria. Perfect example is the tardigrade, which is also known as a water bear. Um, If you can't picture that in your mind's eye, you should Google it tardigrade or water bear. They're actually super cute. Um, They're these tiny little microscopic animals, animals Um, or yeah, they're segmented micro animals they're, you know, they have six legs and then a weird little kind of like sucker mouth thing. Um, and they're tiny. And if you see video of them, they actually appear as if they like walk around, they're just super small. Um, and they can live in like the most extreme environments. They've been found at the bottom of the ocean. They've been found in volcanoes, um, you know, in high radiation environments. They've actually brought tardigrades into space and exposed them to the vacuum of space and um, solar radiation and they survive. You can freeze them for, you know, essentially as long as you want, unfreeze them and they come back to life and they're perfectly fine. Um, So tardigrades are an example of what I would think could potentially be in this sludge pit. It would be some kind of, you know, quote unquote conventional animal that has just found a way to adapt to a really harsh and inhospitable environment. So say, for example, you have this sludge pit and there's some, 
I don't know if it would be a squid, but what if it's some kind of like worm or fluke or some kind of like water-based creature that ends up in this sludge pit? And, you know, because I mean, if, if there's sprinkler water leaking into the sludge pit, I guess the sludge pit is not as well sealed as it should be. So say some, you know, aquatic animal gets in there and for whatever reason is able to survive and not only survive, but thrive because there's multiples of them. So it's possible that it could have like, you know, multiples ended up in there or they could have like reproduced or something and had adapted to um, consume whatever chemical was in that sludge pit that worked for him and was actually able to like survive on it. Um, you know, and there's, there's precedent for this sort of thing in, um, in the world. There's, you know, there's bacteria that's been found that is able to digest and break down plastic and basically eat just plastic. It's like polyethylene telephthalate, uh, PET. Um, and it, it, it's a, you know, that's like the bacteria's primary food source is plastic. And, you know, plastic has existed for less than a hundred years on this earth. So it's pretty remarkable that bacteria were able to adapt to eat this new, like, cause you know, humans created plastic. It's not like it existed in small amounts, even it just never existed until less than a hundred years ago. So for bacteria to adapt to eat this new human made thing is pretty remarkable. So it's plausible that some other creature could have adapted to digest whatever awful chemicals were in this sludge pit and thrived. And, you know, they could have been the only ones of their kind that were able to do that. Um, there's plenty of examples of, you know, micro ecosystems where there's a, you know, a sealed cave somewhere. And there are these animals that live in this cave that are found nowhere else on earth that have adapted to life in this specific cave. Um, so maybe, you know, this fluke or leech or some kind of like worm-like creature got into the sludge pit, multiplied, started living on paint stripper or, you know, plastic bumper. And, um, you know, we killed the only examples of them and it was stolen. Um, a good candidate for this would be a type of worm. It's called a tubifex worm. Um, it's actually a very common feeder worm that they use in, um, like fish tanks. So they're these like little segmented worms that usually grow in sewers and for the longest time, they were actually harvested from sewers and then sold as fish food, um, as like live fish food. But um, more recently, they've been kind of like cultivated and stuff in fish farms. But um, there's actually a, a video. Um, you can go on wired.com and find a video where it's like sewer creatures mystery solved. And if you watch the video, it's a like a, a, a camera that's being sent through a sewer pipe um and you can see this weird it almost looks like a heart beating or just some like undulating mass of what turns out to be tubifex worms that kind of like you know they're all each they're a bunch of discrete 
singular worms that have kind of like balled together as like a colony and they look like one big mass massive thing but they're actually individual worms all just kind of like grabbing onto each other it's pretty horrifying and disgusting but these worms are capable of living in sewers where there's you know yeah there's like human waste and like organic material that things can live off of but people flush all kinds of stuff down down toilets you know like Drano or other household chemicals end up in sewers so it's not inconceivable that this sort of tube effects worm could have ended up in the um, sludge pit and found a way to adapt to it and could have been feeding on something that was in that pit um i think that's a super plausible explanation um and then you get into the more you know fantastic uh explanations that what if these were some sort of alien creature you know what i immediately thought of was the black oil from the x-files if you've never seen the x-files the black oil is this alien substance creature thing that you know comes to earth in like caveman times and sort of infects people and um it kind of is just like an undulating black goo that just slips across the ground and slips into people's uh, eye holes and stuff. But um, I guess conceivably you could have, so say some sort of alien creature, either what is brought to this planet or accidentally, you know, it's being carried on a, um, on a comet or something and, or it's, you know, maybe they were sentient. And they didn't actually get stolen from the uh, manufacturing plant, but actually they just left and went home. But anyways, these aliens end up on Earth somehow. And, you know, we don't know the environment that they came from. They could live in a world where, you know, the chemical that we use as paint stripper is actually like a an abundant food source on their planet. So they land here on Earth and they can smell paint stripper. You know, they end up right outside of Anderson, Indiana, just, you know, by dumb luck. And they can sort of like smell that paint stripper and they make their way over and they find a, you know, an, a, a pit of the, you know, a delicacy on their planet or whatever. And they're just swimming around all happy, you know, eating whatever it is because they're, you know, that's like home to them. Um, yeah, I, I, I have to say for this one, I think it's probably in a regular sort of like conventional animal that just sort of adapted to survive in this awful, inhospitable, you know, sludge pit. That seems the most plausible to me. I'm very frustrated that somebody stole that jar, or that jar sort of made its way out of that manufacturing plant because it would have been fascinating to see what was able to adapt its way to live into the sludge pit. Um, I think it's also interesting that this has never really happened again. I looked it up to see if there was other examples of living things being pulled out of, you know, sludge pits or oil pits or anything. And I couldn't find any in my, in my research. So, um, it's a weird, it's a weird one. It's a weird little story. Like it's, you know, there's not a lot to go on, but where it takes your brain is really fascinating because it just goes to show that like 
you know, there's so much wild and unknowable stuff going on in the planet. And it's not even necessarily like extraterrestrial or, um, you know, ghosts or skinwalkers or anything. It's just like these gross fucking sewer worms were able to adapt to live in the most caustic chemicals that I can think of. And, you know, to just to think that like this amazing example of evolution and adaptation and just sort of like the resilience of life, um, you know, it was just whatever bludgeoned to death or killed by these workers put in a jar and then just disappeared. So yeah, that's what I got. That's all I got for you today. Um, this has been, uh, this has been fun recording in the dark for once. Um, go on uh, Instagram and uh, find us at a knowable podcast. I think Jesse just started a TikTok for us. So go there for all kinds of, you know, Zoomer, Generation Z content. Um, and yeah, this has been unknowable. Love you.